Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability, a podcast dedicated to putting the human back into humanity. This is the first podcast of what I hope will be many with, uh, with Helen Amory from World Fig Solutions. Helen is really an inspiration to me, and you'll hear me be inspired by many people throughout this series. She's one of the first people that I connected with, both in social media land and also face-to-face. Helen indeed came to do some work um, at my work organization around some coaching and mentoring as part of a new in-house learning and development program as was, which is now into its fourth year. Um, but I really, really rate and respect Helen's empathy, her humility, her passion to truly make a difference in the world of work. And I, I feel very grateful that she's joining me on this first um, podcast. And I really believe you'll get a, a number of takeaways um, that you'll find helpful. I also do enjoy the fact that Helen is very balanced and also also challenging in terms of her viewpoints, her ability to debate. Um, she's as far away from groupthink as, as can possibly um, be thought about, and I really respect and, and rate that in Helen, and I, and I feel that you'll, you'll really enjoy this chat. So please do feedback to Helen and or myself, should you find it interesting. Cheers. <music> Welcome to Value Through Vulnerability, a podcast dedicated back into humanity. And today I'm very pleased to welcome a guest um, onto this first podcast that I'm sharing with somebody else by the name of Helen uh, Emery. How are you, Helen? Morning, Gary. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am very well, thank you very much. So thanks for joining me this morning. Would you mind giving the listeners just a little bit of background as to who you are and what you're, what you're doing for business? Yep, absolutely. So, um, yep. So Helen Amory, I'm uh, job wise an executive coach and team coach, um, home wise, a mum to two kids and a wife and a friend and other various relationships. Um, so my work primarily is about making work better through great leadership. Um, and I do that through one to one coaching, through coaching entire leadership teams and uh and also through traditional i guess classroom leadership development fantastic and just as we get going helen would you mind letting people know how they can get hold of you if they want to via sort of different social media platforms yeah sure yeah so my main social media is my first business so wild fig solutions which is wild fig or one word with s-o-l-n-s at the end of it because solutions was too long um and i've also <laughs> got um so my team coaching business is in partnership with a colleague zoe jepson and that's under at aligning teams um and then i also have a website www.wildfigsolutions.co.uk um aligning teams website coming very soon fantastic fantastic so no, thanks, thanks for that introduction Helen, so just for our listeners, just a, a bit of a, a background. So obviously you and I have known each other now, I think, for probably three or four years. Mm. And I have to say for anybody that is listening, you've been a, one of my initial inspirations into the world of culture and people. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, what I wanted to get into have a chat about today with you, Helen, was, um, as you know, I've been a bit of a personal journey myself around sort of self-awareness and vulnerability and in fact you were one of the people that really introduced me to a lot of the the self-awareness work as part of 
um, a coaching learning module that mm. we did at my work organization some years ago. Mm. So what we wanted to do is just get into sort of half a dozen questions or, or, or so around self-awareness and vulnerability, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, fantastic. So just wanted to start with a bit of a random question. You don't have to answer <laughs> if you don't want to. Okay. But this is me and you know me well enough. So <laughs> what, what, do you, what did you think about? The, what's the first thing you thought about when you woke up this morning? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> um, if it's not x-rated <laughs> no none of that so um I think it's probably one of two things um because I can't remember exactly so it was so I get up at five thirty now to meditate before everybody else gets up um so quite often when I wake up at five I'm thinking oh is it five thirty already sometimes it's not sometimes I actually wake up at five twenty-five, and I'm like oh how nice I'm ready to meditate um but yeah, this morning was one of these mornings where I was like, oh, really, it's half five already, but I'm going to do it because it makes a difference. So that was definitely one of the thought processes. The other so, was that um, we had some challenges last night with the children, some arguments and lots of emotions going on. So um, I, my other thought was, gosh, I wonder how this morning's going to be and how everybody's going to be feeling. So, yeah, that was the that was the mix of my thoughts this morning. Oh, how interesting. Thank, thanks for sharing that so openly. I think it's re really interesting what you've discussed there as well as, as we've been involved on this new self-care weekly Twitter mm. sort of chat the last week or so. And it's interesting how you've got that element of self-care yes. sort of automatically as part of your sort of early start of the day, which is fantastic. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to say I'm quite proud of myself, how well I'm doing. With. I've never been this committed to anything like that. So, yeah, it's quite an achievement that it's become such a habit. And just, 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 just out of interest, has that, be, has that been a long-term habit or something quite, quite recent for you, Helen? Um, relatively recent. So quite a while ago, I started um, doing some, I guess, what you class as mindfulness. So the traditional focusing on your breath, bringing your attention back to your breath. Um, and I used to do that, but only for like five minutes before I went to bed, because that was sort of my one guarantee, what I thought was my one guaranteed time of day to have mm. some peace and quiet to myself and that I would always have that like regular routine um and then yeah but this meditation I've only been doing since February so I started the course on 23rd of February two-week course online with like 20-30 minutes a day um and so yeah I've been practicing twice a day ever since then so wow. yeah it's relatively new and also already noticed a difference so yeah been really Fantastic. valuable hence the fact I still feel motivated to get up at 5 30 to do it because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get if you get the benefit then it's worth fantastic. it. <laughs> it was great to hear you got the benefit already there. That's, yeah. that, that, that's huge. I'm sure that's helpful yeah. for some people that are listening and certainly for me as well. So thank you for that. So to get into a few of the questions we wanted to cover this mm -hmm. cover today. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I wanted to ask you, if I may, is what does self-awareness mean to you as Helen? If you're going to come up with your own definition or description, mm. what, what, what do you feel self-awareness means to you? Yeah, sure. So, um, I think it's for me is about getting closer to the real you. Um, I feel that we spend most of our lives, we start off as these little people who have all these possibilities and are so connected to what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And we just live in the moment. And then over the years, we get layered with all this stuff, all these rules of life, all these societal norms, all these situations where we're told how to be or not to be um, and we gradually lose contact with our real self um, 
so for me self-awareness is really about getting back to who are you really and who do you want to be now rather than I guess going along with what the rest of the world has said you should be or thinks you should be um or equally how um yeah there's also an element of how you see yourself versus how others see you so in amongst all that not only is there all that layering there's also we have a blindness to how we come across so I still love connecting back Mm. to Jahari's window for people because it's just such a great model for um thinking about the fact that the stuff that we know about ourselves that others don't the stuff that others know about us that we don't um so there's a huge piece to me of part of that getting back to the real you is understanding yes what you want to be but also understanding how others experience you um and we can never know all that unless we hear that from other people oh that's i love that helen actually and what what i'm hearing there is is quite a big piece around feedback yeah definitely Um, how do how do you feel feedback plays into sort of self-awareness as a concept oh massively um and it's and it's actually part of why um zoe and i started the team coaching business because what we both found was that working with a leader one-to-one, even if you had some 360 feedback for them, um, there's a limit to how far you can take their development because you're kind of a little isolated island of two people working on something. And, mm. and yeah, that, that leader could go away and choose to find somebody who's like a learning buddy who can be their feedback eyes and ears, who can help them spot if they're, practicing the behaviors they want to practice or having the impact they want to have um but even so it's still not the same as when you work with an entire leadership team and you have all that feedback which you know it doesn't have to be formal let me tell you this and and what impact it had um it can also just be those in the moment conversations you have with each other which give you little indications and little bits of insight around oh right that was the impact i just had and did i want that or did i not so um yeah there's a huge piece around i say to people we don't we don't develop in isolation you can't sit on your own or even on your own with a coach and develop entirely you need absolutely feedback from others that's really interesting and and if if you have a look at sort of some of the work you're doing with zoe and aligned teams right now what sort of impact are you seeing or sort of what what progress are you seeing in other people who are developing or evidencing this sort of move towards knowing themselves and sort of understanding some of these blind spots. They're sort of Mm. tangible sort of outcomes that you're seeing around this sort of deeper level of self-awareness in their performance, in their relationships, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I guess it is like the one-to-one stuff and magnified because it's, it's gaining and yeah, it kind of, it, it fits with that. Yeah. It fits with both. They're gaining that sense of, um, I want to use the word solidity. I don't think that's a real word feeling <laughs> strong and confident in who you are um and where you stand including your good bits and your bad bits so um what that enables is for people to and what we're seeing from people is they feel more confident in the role they play in the team whether that's for their technical expertise or for some other skill or behavior they bring or the way of their thinking the way they help others think um which gives them a, a real sense of I know my place in this team. I know I know why I'm here. I know my purpose in this team. I know the, the place, yeah, the role I play. Um, and what that's then enabling is much stronger conversations because rather than 
people assuming, oh, well, I, I, I shouldn't say something about this because I might not really know. People are much more able then to give their contribution because they are clear on what they bring. And then that mm -hmm. enables much healthier debate, much better um, healthy conflict. Um, and that then enables greater creativity and innovation because people are putting their contributions forward and, and putting their thoughts in the mix. So, and as we know, creativity, innovation, agility, that's all the stuff that we need in this world where things are always changing. So, um, yes, absolutely. It has a huge impact there. That's really interesting. I'm hearing a piece here as well, Helen, that's... It's great you're seeing such, such sort of clear evidence as, as, as to why self-awareness is important. Is it, I sort of picked up what you just described there, something around this sort of psychological safety, sort of allowing oh, people yeah. to bring their whole self. Is, is that also yeah, part yeah. of this sort of journey? Yeah, absolutely. And that's a big part. So, so we use a diagnostic called Team Emotional Intelligence, and one of the outcomes of that um, is psychological safety. Okay. Uh, so we talked to teams about you can't, you can't do psychological safety in the same way you can't do profit. You can't action profit. You can action sales and costs. So you can't action psychological safety. You can't make it a thing. You have to drop a level in terms of looking at the behaviours you're um, displaying and how they either create or don't create psychological safety. But yes, absolutely, it's very mm. much about that. And yeah, helping people have their their space, have their voice, um, be heard, be cared for. Um, yeah, all of that absolutely contributes towards psychological safety and therefore, yeah, all the stuff I said before. See what as you speak, Helen, it's really compelling for me. Sort of, why would anybody not want to be more self-aware based on all of the things <laughs> you just described? So, you know, if, if we sort of touch on that maybe a little bit, you know, what do you mm -hmm. see within your work, and maybe sort of sort of personally, as the barriers that hold people back from stepping into that, you know, that mm. that deeper sense of self? Mm. What sort of things do you come across? So, um, it's a word you'd be very familiar with, Gary. I know from your work with World Blue. Um, but it's fear. So mm -hmm. absolutely, it's fear. Um, I, I remember the very first time I had what I consider proper feedback. So through my career, I'd had feedback about my performance, my work. Um, and actually, as I think about it, through school, through university and into work, it was all about you are doing a good job. Your work is good. Your, your, you know, your tangible, practical stuff is good. Um, and I remember the first time I was given behavioural feedback and I was absolutely rocked. I, mm. My world went into turmoil. I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, you know, I've been happily going through my life, doing really well at everything. Um, typical type A, high achieving, you know, top grades at school kind of thing. And then, mm -hmm. oh my God, what? I'm not perfect? Jesus, where did that come <laughs> from? Um, and I've since learned there's this concept of a disorientating dilemma um, okay. which, is, which is an opportunity. So uh, receiving feedback is a perfect example of where that could happen. Um, and these disorienting dilemmas are, are opportunities for us to um, choose essentially one of two paths. We can ignore it and go back into our safe comfort zone, or we can choose to embrace it and we can learn from it and we can grow and develop. Um, and I, I think I took the latter route and I've continued to take the latter route of um, seeking feedback, seeking to understand myself better. Um, but fundamentally, it's scary when, you know, to, to uh, yeah, I, I, at that first opportunity, I can't imagine if somebody had told me how, what it was going to be like or, or said to me, go and ask people how, yeah, what impact you're having on them. I, I would have been like, why, why would I want to do that? Why would mm. I want to expose myself in that way? 
Um, and absolutely, that's what what it feels like. It's that, yeah, it's that sense of exposure. People will see that I've got things that I'm not perfect at, that I'm not capable enough at this stuff. Um, and if I'm not those things, then I won't be accepted. And And it really hooks back into all our tribal stuff. Because then if I'm not accepted, I'm not part of a tribe. Mm. And, if I'm, and if I'm not part of a tribe, then I'm dead, basically, is, is kind of fundamentally where it comes back to. Um, because that was, yeah, as much as we think we've moved on and we've, we have gotten these incredible brains that enable us to create all the things we've created. And yet at the same time, we are still hardwired to need to be in a tribe or else we'll die. That, that is so amazing. That, that's, that's such an, that's such an vivid description Helen for me because like you say yeah no, no yes like I've done a lot of work on fear on myself and, and around fear but that distorting disorders is really interesting is that sorry sorry distorting dilemmas yeah. is that a sort of is that a piece of work by someone that you could maybe that you can quote or is it just something you've come across yeah, yeah. no or... so let me check it out it came through my um through my coach training with barefoot coaching so let me okay. check back and see if I had a reference to it oh that'd be uh, great that I That'd be great. I'd add it to any podcast notes. And just, just for any yeah, listeners yeah. that may be listening, I'll, I'll make sure there's the links to Aligning Teams, to, to Wild Fig, and also anything else yeah. we discussed today, like Jahari's Window, et cetera, as well. Yeah, cool. So, so no, that, that's brilliant. I, I think something else that's jumping out to me, and you know, I'm sure she won't mind me, mind, mind, mind me mentioning this, but my, my eldest stepdaughter, who's 24, has exactly the same path through education as you. Okay. Um, and literally, the, she's now studying for um, a, a finance and qualification, a very, very, very difficult one. And she failed her first ever exam about six months ago. Right. And, her, and her world, she was in tatters, absolutely mm. in tatters because mm. exactly what you've described. So you hear an awful lot, don't you, about sort of education and how it needs to change and mm. get away from the mechanistic model, mm. sort of, you know, bums on seats, yeah, yeah. They're just, just hitting the results. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about, and I've, I've not seen this link until our call today, this self-awareness piece does surely go back almost to education. You know, how do you yeah. actually help? young people be keep that true self you spoke about yeah how do they yeah. keep that wonder and that excitement and that questioning yeah. as they go into adult life so i don't i know we don't have the time today to go on all of that yeah. do you see that as a link oh my god yeah and i and i sometimes um like I, I genuinely get overwhelmed sometimes by the magnitude of it because it's education it's society particularly western society um and yeah i kind of and some days i'm just like I want to change it all. Oh my God, I want to change it all. Um, and then I go, no, right now that's not where we are. <laughs> so I kind of, then I go back to just, yeah, do my bits, do what I can do right now for where I am. Um, but yes, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it comes through all of that. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. So, so just to summarise then, so the barriers, ultimately they're, all, they're pretty much all fear-based as to mm. why people would not step into that deeper sense of self. Mm. So that, 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 that makes sense. Mm. So, so if I sort of link this, because I see the two areas that I'm really focusing on um, for, with this podcast is around self-awareness, but also vulnerability. Mm. So just out of interest, sort of you, you describe very eloquently your view as to what self-awareness looks like. What would you what would you see vulnerability as within certainly within a work context, um, Helen? Because it's something that you know I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet at the moment around. I feel there's a lack of invulnerability or mm-hmm. lack of vulnerability certainly at the top of organisations. And I was just wondering what your what your take was. You know, what do you feel vulnerability is, and how can it be helpful in a in a work context? Yeah, um, and I, I in essence, I kind of see it as being the same thing. Um, or that certainly self-awareness enables vulnerability. 
Okay. So um, when I looked, I did do that classic thing of, oh, what's, what does the dictionary say about vulnerability? Um, and when you read that, you go, God, not surprising that people, if they hear that word, go, word rather, say, oh, my God, why would I want that? So cause it mm. says it means you're exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> yay, let's be more vulnerable. Um, but yeah, so, so that is the in the truest sense. And I guess that's why that feedback thing, and like I described from my first experience of real feedback, I felt like I'd been attacked. You know, it's mm. like, God, this is huge. Um, so uh, yeah, and, and it, therefore it can... I guess the ideal for me is that in work, it is that thing about becoming more of the real you um showing more of the stuff that's hidden if you connect it back to the jihari stuff showing more of your uncertainty um of, of the, that you carry you know that we all have this facade of we've all got it we're all perfect we've you know i totally know what i'm doing all the time whereas actually beneath the surface most people are going jesus i don't know what i'm doing and i hope nobody notices um <laughs> so yeah. yeah vulnerability for me is that it's it's being okay with sharing some of that real stuff um and and with balance so um there's a, a thing called the trust equation okay um so trust equals credibility plus reliability plus intimacy divided by self-orientation um and so mm. just focusing on t the two there's a balance within that so credibility is about yeah i'm capable i can do my job i know what i'm doing and that doesn't necessarily mean technical stuff. So as a leader, that can mean I understand the politics of this organisation. I can make things happen. I can remove organisational barriers to help you, my team, be amazing because that's my essential expertise as a leader. That's my, the point of my job in some ways. Um, so credibility is that, I could, yeah, I'm capable of doing my job. And the reliability is, is also connected to self-awareness, actually, because reliability is about I behave consistently so in similar situations, I make similar sorts of decisions. I, I behave in similar sorts of ways. We can never be robots and identical, but there's enough similarity that people go, yeah, I can, I can rely on that person. And you can see how that totally builds trust. Um, and also that reliability hooks into your self-awareness because if you're self-aware, you know your values, you know what's important to you. And you operate from those values, you decide from those values, which then enables mm. you to be more consistent and reliable. Um, so that's that piece which connects to self-awareness. Then there's the uh. intimacy piece, <clears throat> which is really the, the equivalent of vulnerability. It's about showing some of the real you. And I say some of on purpose because it's not, um, it's not bearing all. It's not bearing your whole soul and all your background and deepest darkest stuff but it is about sharing some of what's going on for you and some of your real you some of that hidden you that that normally others don't see um so yeah all those three bits really hook into that vulnerability piece that's that's that's, that's quite huge for me i'm, I'm really learning as, as i listen to you this morning helen because i think I, I personally see them at times as quite distinct but i think that's because i've got a little bit of a bias to be honest, in, in my own head around it. So what I'm hearing from what you're, you're describing is sort of vulnerability is part of being more self-aware. Is that a fair, is that a fair thing in your, in your opinion? Or do they go more side by side or is it part of, a, yeah. part of that equation to be vulnerable, therefore you're more self-aware in, in, in your view? Yeah, so, so definitely vulnerability is part of that and that's, all that stuff builds trust. Mm -hmm. 
and therefore build strong relationships and therefore can enable you to be more self-aware because you might feel more comfortable having feedback type conversations. Yeah. And, and also the opposite is true where if I step into feedback conversations, I'll build my self-awareness and then that enables me to be more reliable and build intimacy. So that yes. I, think that, I think there's a real two way and I do, I do think it's necessary to sort of say there's a, a set pass of, yeah, do X, Y, and then Z. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a kind of, yeah, there's a mix of all that stuff. Uh, I, I like that. It's sort of like a continuum, isn't it? To, to, to mm. some extent. Uh, that's, that's really powerful. Okay. Just in terms of what you're sort of working on in terms of your own sort of development, what sort of mm-hmm. research reading or learning is impacting you the most right now? Just mm. out of interest, if you don't yeah, mind sharing yeah. that. No, of course. Um, yeah, so my stuff over the last uh, year, 18 months, gosh, no, t- uh, yeah, yeah, probably about that, actually. Um, so I've gone on a bit of a, a journey over that time of, um, I had another disorienting dilemma. Um, no, it must be two years ago. Gosh, I can't believe that. So, yes, and, and that led me on to seeking some coaching for myself. And mm. within that, I then, uh, well, actually not within that, but as a as part of that journey, I discovered a book about Buddhism and started reading about that. And then I went and had my chakras, uh, not healed, but uh, read. So I, I, I kind of, yeah, was doing lots of experimenting around different stuff. And then I've discovered the meditation. So, yeah, the last, all that time, there's been a big thing for me around um, connecting into more spiritual stuff and uh, and actually hooking into, yeah, so the Buddhism stuff, I've, I've started learning a bit more about Stoicism, which is similar and different. That was thanks to Phil Wilcox's podcast that I learned about that one. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm very much in that kind of, um, that headspace of how, yeah, learning it for myself and also then how do we bring more of that to the world? And it fits with that. Gary that you know that you're doing now on Twitter um because it's very much about bringing some of that human stuff bringing the the care the downtime the yeah the look after ourselves stuff rather than the always on always busy always achieving stuff so yeah that's in a very rambling way that's that's my that's all the stuff I'm kind of playing with at the minute no that's been thank you so much for sharing that I have to say I've been yeah, the last 12 months for me has been, yeah, I've found meditation probably the last only three months personally. Mm. And, I, and I have to say for me, but it has been, okay, I don't like to ban the word transformative around too much, but I do feel like, you know, the sort of 15 minutes before, sorry, when I wake, first wake up mm. and going to bed, that mm. you, you coined the, the word habit mm. uh, for your meditation. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it's totally that, isn't it? You know, just to know you've got 15, 20, 30 minutes per day where you can just be still mm. and not be under any pressure or have to look at your phone it's, it's remarkably powerful isn't it mm. yeah and I've noticed a real difference actually when I um particularly for my morning meditation um if I meditate and then go and carry on with my getting ready routine um without looking at my phone I feel so much better because there have been some times where I've meditated and then thought oh I'm just going to jump on my phone and do this or do that and mm. it's just not the same I, I've really noticed a difference in my whole day if I have you know the next half an hour to 45 minutes which is still non-phone time uh just to yeah ease into the day without the distractions of that 
and phones are brilliant it's not a no phones but it's I've definitely become more choiceful about how and when I use it so, so I guess the biggest challenge for you then is how you manage still manage that on school holidays and uh, things like that. I guess that's the, that's your ultimate test. <laughs> yeah. So in fairness, we have had Easter holidays and the kids are being awesome about it. So okay. um, and very easily, actually, I've, I was really surprised. Um, so one thing that helped was that I talked to my husband about it this time, whereas previously I always felt a bit awkward doing my mindfulness and thinking, oh, God, what's he going to think I'm doing? And I feel really stupid. And now I'm not going to keep doing it because I feel really stupid. Um, okay. this time I was in more of a, um, I won't swear, but you know, that it <laughs> <laughs> phrase and I'm like, do you know what? This is important to me and I'm going to do it. And yeah, so therefore I'm going to tell husband about it and I'm going to tell kids about it. And in fact, the, the teacher on my course said, set the boundary with your kids that if, it, if there's no blood and there's no bones, it's not important enough. And you don't come and get mummy. You leave her to <laughs> you mm. leave her to meditate. So the kids are yeah, they're great. They're really respectful. They know the routine. Um, and in fairness, I tend to do it when they're watching TV, so they couldn't care less anyway. Um, but also, I have done it in the car while kids and husband have been in the car while not driving, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would be impressive. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, we went and stayed in a little lodge in Yorkshire at Easter holidays, and I went off to the bedroom while. They were playing around and sometimes they'll come and sit with me. And yeah, it's um, they've been great, actually. So it's so far so good. It's working. That is amazing. And do, do you know what I feel as, as we sort of come towards the end of this this mm. podcast? And Helen, you've just wonderfully closed it out for me from the point of view that the very things you spoke about that people struggle with to be more self-aware, i.e. fear, is exactly what you overcome. Mm. You know, that negative self-talk around you doing your, your mindfulness. Yes, yeah, yeah, so great it's, point, it's, great point. It's, it's quite interesting, isn't it, how, you know, ultimately yeah. it all comes back to that, you know, do I believe enough yeah. in what I'm planning to do, that yeah. I will stand and live and die by it? Yeah, so, yeah, that's a really mm. great point, I love that. Oh, brilliant, well look, we're, we're getting close to the 30 minutes, so as we wrap up, thank you so much for sparing half hour of your time today, that's absolutely amazing. Could you, is there any particular reading or references that you think could be helpful for someone who wants to look a bit more into self-awareness as a topic? I know you introduced me to Professor Stevens' Chimp Paradox, which I still mm. think is amazing. Would mm. you still recommend that? Are there other things that you might recommend to any listeners? Mm. Yeah, so definitely that. Um, and yeah, so explore the Jahari Window stuff that, like you said, you'll put a link to. Uh, what else? I think for me, there's a thing of, just start asking people start asking people for, for their thoughts and people who you trust and people who you do feel safe with but ask them for for feedback you know start just getting into it nice. start, start experiencing it and see what happens and if you need other support you know find a coach or a, a trusted friend to talk it through with um but yeah just maybe just give it a try get in there and experience the real thing I, I love that, Helen. Get out, get your head out of the books and actually go and do something with it. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Great challenge. Love that. I'll take that one personally. <laughs> well, look, Helen, thank you so much again for sparing half hour today. Um, and yeah, let's keep in touch and uh, yeah. have a great day. Yeah, Angie, thanks so much, Gary. Speak to you Cheers, soon. Cheers, Helen. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hi there, just Gary Turner again here. Just wanted to say thanks again to Helen uh, as we wrap up this first 
um, guest podcast. I've really enjoyed the the talk with Helen as always, but in particular, there's been some new learning for me today. Um, one particular area has been around the link between self awareness and vulnerability, according to Helen. So I always yeah I always mix up the two. Again, it is on a on a continuum. But sometimes I feel that vulnerability actually leads self-awareness when actually it's just one part of that quotient, which is quite interesting. In terms of other areas of learning I took from Helen today, if we look at the trust equation, um, that was a really, really interesting concept, something that I've not heard of before. And I think in a world of deep mistrust with our institutions, um, with each other, to be honest, um, at times, I think the trust equation could well be something that we all need to take a, a deeper and more detailed look at. And certainly something I'll be taking more of a look at going forward. I was really interested in this disorient, disorienting dilemmas situation that, uh, that Helen referred to. Something that we can all think back and look at that, uh, you know, that time when we first got told um, that things weren't good or the first time maybe like myself when you were made redundant earlier in your career. You know, there's there's plenty of times we can look back in, in our certainly our early stage careers where it really, really hurt to get constructive feedback and maybe it is now is the time that we need to be seeking feedback, as Helen mentioned as one of her, her wrap-up comments. You know, why don't we all go out and start asking for feedback? Let's build our, our feedback muscles such that we actively look to build that, that feedback, which in terms will allow us to live the fullest possible life as to who we are, closest to who we are, and our values. Um, a couple of other points just to wrap up. So Helen also mentioned the Emotion at Work podcast by an excellent guy, Phil Wilcox. I'll make sure that his um, podcast is actually added to the show notes. And finally, Helen referenced World Blue, an organisation I've done an awful lot of work with myself over the last 12 months, which has literally been transformational for me per, uh, personally, very much dealing with my fears, the things that hold me back, and as such, I've added a list as well. I'm sorry, a link to World Blue as well at the bottom of the show notes. So I really hope you, you found this interesting. hope you found it as enjoyable as I did. And please do um, share share the podcast, feedback on the podcast. You know, this is all about self-awareness. So please tell me how I did. Did it work? Did it not? How did the, the conversation flow for you? Did you find it helpful? And uh, hopefully I'll see you in a month or so's time when we have our next guest coming on. Thanks very much for now. Oh, 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 oh,